The way it's set up is this. There's no way we could have done it ourselves. See, we can't save ourselves. And so God set it up. And that purpose was, if you were the only person in this world, God would have sent Jesus to die for you. Isn't that amazing? Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as today we continue a message, The Profound Incarnation and Pastor, when we stop and think about the fact that God sent His Son Jesus to come into the world and die. That is truly an amazing fact, but as you just pointed out, if we were the only person in the world, He still would have done it. That's mind-blowing. It sure is, and that just helps us to understand the extent, the depth, the width, the height of the love of God. Wow. Yeah. It is just a unsurpassing love where God became a man so he could die for us. Timothy said this way, there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. So what did he do? Uh, he had the hand of God and the hand of man and he brought us together. And so yeah. here's what I do. Every time my back is against a wall, I think about Jesus' back was against the cross. <laughs> well, that's a good thought for some of us who may feel like we have our backs against the wall right now. I mentioned a moment ago that the, the title of today's message is The Profound Incarnation. And that's one of those big Bible words. Most uh, of our listeners probably know what it is. Yes. But for those who maybe don't, uh, what is this incarnation? Uh, well, it literally means to take on flesh. Mm. And so God exchanged the glory of heaven, his spirit, and became a man, put on a body, incarnate. So carna, carnivorous flesh. He put on flesh. So he is the God hyphen man. And so he is, uh, you know, undiminished deity and undaunted humanity. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we praise the Lord uh, that he wanted to be able to relate to us. And uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews, which I think is Paul. Now, I know you may not agree, but I've already told you when the rapture happens on the way up, he's going to say, Steve, you know, Pastor Ford was right about that. <laughs> and, and what does he say? We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Yeah. Now, here's the good part. So then, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may find mercy and grace to help us in time of need. Because he put on flesh because of the incarnation. And that is what today's program is all about. Join us in Galatians chapter four, as we continue the message, the profound incarnation. Koine Greek is one of the most comprehensive languages ever. And what was the New Testament translated in? Koine Greek. It is the language of the common people. It was not what was called classical Greek, which was proper English. But Koine was, you know what I'm saying? Really, it was. It was, the, it was the language of the common people. So one of the things I really love is the Greek language is so picturesque. Like when I give you all this stuff, and you don't have to have it, uh, but I think it gives you a greater insight into what the Bible is saying uh, when you understand the word pictures behind the words. So some of them, I mean, some of them are really deep. And, and they go beyond just our English 
comprehension. And so you don't have to have it to teach and preach, but it sure helps your depth in your preaching and teaching when you can tell somebody, hey, do you know this word, the, the word picture that goes with this word? Here it is. It's a powerful picture. And of course, Jesus taught like that. And then you had, you had Jewish synagogues dotting everywhere. They were everywhere. And so where did Paul go generally? He, if there was one, then he'd go to the synagogue and preach the gospel. And so here now, look at the timing historically, not just spiritually, historically, socially. It's the right time. So let's just make it plain. Uh, some of you are waiting to get married. You wondering what's going on. It ain't time. Some of you are without a job and you're saying, I'm doing everything. I'm fasting and praying and, and planting seeds. Uh, Y'all don't know it, but I even sent in some money to that TV preacher that told me <laughs> if I sold, if I sold to his ministry, there was a blessing for me and it ain't come yet because it ain't time. I've been praying about this healing in my body and, and I'm telling you, I'm going through chronic illness. I can hear my wife saying that for 25 years. It ain't time. It's not time. Been waiting for my bestseller for nine years. It ain't time. Yeah, because God always does things at the right time. Just write this down. Nehemiah 1 and Nehemiah 2. Nehemiah 1 and Nehemiah 2. Let me tell you, and this is it, I'll move on. But I, I want you to get this sense of, I mean, why is he telling us this, that Jesus came at the right time? Because he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And so here now, you look at Nehemiah 1, Nehemiah 2, what's happening? The wall is down, and Nehemiah comes to God, and he says, God, uh, uh, the wall is down. We've sinned against you, and, and notice what he did. I like what he did because he didn't sin, but he said, I and my people have sinned against you. Why? Because he realized if I'm sinning in the camp, and Frank is in the camp, Frank going to suffer because I'm sinning. Yeah. And you go through, you see that everywhere in the scripture. Achan is the one who stole it. You know, 36 men died because of him. Israel had to stop because of him. Miriam caused division. What happened? She was leprous for seven days. What happened to their progress? They had to stop for seven days. Little leaven leavened the whole lump. Let me move on. So what's happening here? He says, give me favor with this man. That's how he ends up. Between Nehemiah 1 and Nehemiah 2, there are four months. Why does God give him favor but waits four months? Okay, you find that out on your own. Okay, so now let's look at the paradox of Jesus' incarnation. I'm serious. I, I was hoping to inspire you to go and, and look that up and, and find out what's going on. And so uh, let, me, let me summarize this way. And so when something happens for you, why did it happen? Was it luck? Did your ship come in? Did somebody put in a good word? Were the circumstances just right? Were you at the right place at the right time? No, God says it was my time for it to happen. And that's when it happened. So let's look then at the paradox of Jesus' incarnation. Say, what's the paradox? Notice what he says here. He says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth who? The Son. The Son. 
the unique and only son. Well, I thought we were all sons of God, not like Jesus, because for him, what is, okay, let me see who listens to me. Let me see who listens to me. Brother Bernard was here and we were having conversations and he was asking me questions about stuff I had preached uh, when he first got here. I said, you remember that? Of course I remember that. You said this, you said that. I said, man, I'm gonna put you up on Sunday. Somebody's listening to me and remembering what I said. Somebody listening to me. I know you all listen to me while you can get up right now and give me everything I said on Sunday. I know it. <laughs> so, so, so when you look at uh, uh, son of God, what is that? He's called son of God, son of Abraham. He's called what? Son of man, right? And son of what? David, son of David. So what is this? This is the designation of royalty, right? This is of deity. This is humanity. And then son of Abraham, loyalty. Why? Because it's his covenant name. See, so son of God is a designation of deity. It identifies Jesus Christ as deity. Son of Abraham identifies his loyalty. He's the covenant, covenant making and keeping God. And then son of man, that's his designation of humanity. He is a man. And son of David, he's royalty. He's the sovereign king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so now look at the paradox. It is he is the one who is born is God. Now we talk about it all the time. What's it called? Somebody holler it out. The theological designation. Hypostatic union. You know, theologians got to come up with something to uh, demonstrate their education and, and to, to validate the high prices that we pay uh, to matriculate in the schools of higher learning. Hypostatic union. What does it teach? That Jesus Christ is what? 100% God and 100% man at the same time. He is undiminished deity and undaunted humanity. So when you begin to look at this paradox, the baby is the blessed God when he was born. And what did God do? God folded his glory in the clothes of humanity and the robe of mortality. Preach, Pastor Ford. So look at this. Here's what it means. And we all ought to take heart for this. God's love for us outweighed God's wrath on us. You're listening to Treasure Truth, a message called The Profound Incarnation. And we'll get back to Pastor Ford's teaching in just one moment. Want to let you know you can always listen on the go. If you have the Moody Radio app, it's free and available for Apple products and Android products makes it really convenient for you to listen when it fits your schedule. You'll find links to the app when you come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. Let's get back to our study of Galatians 4 and the message, The Profound Incarnation. Again, here's Pastor Ford. And so we had it, we had it, and, and we did it, we did it. Um, Genesis 3.15, anybody got that memorized? 
What's Genesis 3.15? What do we call that? What's that big, big $50 word? Proto-euangelium. Yes, that the seed of the woman. What's significant about that? Let's see who remembers. Women don't carry seed. They carry eggs. So what do we have way back in Genesis? Virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 7.14 didn't said it, didn't he? He said, and a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a child. And thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So the virgin shall bring forth a child, humanity, and his name shall be God with us, deity. And then how about Isaiah 9, 6? One of my favorites, one of my favorites. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. So the child is born and the son is given. The child is born, that's the incarnation. The son is given, that's the crucifixion. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. So here you have the first and second coming of Christ in one prophetic utterance. And, and that's significant because prophets, here's how prophets see uh, what God says. Let me show you something. It's fascinating because he says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Check this out. Unto us a, now, now here's the high points. See what he did? He hit all the high points. What's missing? All of the stuff in between from the incarnation to the crucifixion, you have how many years? 33 and the third years from the crucifixion and the government shall be upon a shoulder. What is that? Millennial kingdom. So we don't know how many years this is. This is the second coming of Christ. Here's his first coming. Here's his second coming. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. That's the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ. And then what happens at the end? You have the great rebellion and eternity starting, et cetera, et cetera. And the prophets, they would see the high points. Many of them did not get the filled in versions. In other words, what came between here? And so you get that from individuals like Daniel and the book of Revelation. And uh, each of the prophets gave a little bit of something, something on what was going to happen. Isaiah told us about what would happen uh, in the millennial kingdom when a woman would be, you know, 300 years old and still be considered a teenager. So anyway, so son of God, he had no beginning. Son of man, he began to be. Son of God, he's infinite. Son of man, he's an infant. Son of God talks about his event in eternity. And son of man talks about his advent in time. So son of God, he could not die. Son of man, he came to die. Son of God is exaltation. Son of man is humiliation. And so we have this one who's son of God. He's immutable. He does not change. But as son of man, he grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God and man. Like I say all the time, God has put everything together. So here's what he tells us, that he is incomparable and incomprehensible. What does that give us? Majesty coupled with mystery. And if you lose the mystery, you lose the majesty. He is Lord. Now, let's look at his purpose uh, for 
Jesus come. It says to redeem. Now, now, now let, me, let, me, let me give you some words uh, because we have some great words uh, for, for, for redeem. One word is agorizo. It means to buy something to sell it later. Then there's the word exagorizo. It means you buy it and you can't sell it because you bought it for yourself. But then this word that's here is the word that literally means to buy something to set it free. Christ purchased us from the slave market of sin to set us free so that we would choose to be his slave. Yeah, and it is a choice. How do you know it's a choice? The way we live as Christians. We're Christians. Has he ever made you do anything? Has he ever made you do anything? Now he can set up circumstances to where you want to do what he wants you to do. But he ain't never twisted my arm, made me read my Bible. He ain't never pushed me down on my knees to pray. That's always been my choice, even as a believer. He ain't never made me come to church. Well, not, you know, forcibly, you know, but. <laughs> but like I said, he can set up the circumstances to where you say, oh, man, if you ever get me out of this, I'm going back to church. <laughs> And so his purpose, God does everything with purpose. He does everything with purpose. And, and get this, get this, get this. The, the way it's set up is this. There's no way we could have done it ourselves. See, we can't save ourselves. And so God set it up. And that purpose was, if you were the only person in this world, God would have sent Jesus to die for you. Isn't that amazing? You're special. It's somebody special that he loves. And he did it when we couldn't do it. You know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite, of course, is Tombstone. You know that. That's one of my favorite. And I like it. I like it when uh, uh, Johnny Ringo and Doc Holliday, and that, as a matter of fact, I slowed it down. I watched it. I ain't never seen anybody draw that fast. I mean, he, oh, that was fast. And so, and so uh, Wyatt Earp, uh, Doc Holliday's in the sanatorium. And, and he, you know, he's got tuberculosis. He's coughing. And, uh, 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 Wyatt Earp comes in and he says, uh, he says, uh, what's wrong with people like Ringo? And he said, they're mad at the world. And he said, uh, mad at the world, why? For being born. He said, oh, then he looked down and he said, I can't beat him, can I? No, you can't beat him. But he was going anyway. He's going to try to beat somebody he can't beat. Yeah, I call that foolish. I'd rather they say, there you go, than there he lay. Amen. <laughs> so anyway, so, so they get there. You remember that part? They get there, and uh, he comes, and uh, Johnny Ringo says, I didn't think you were going to come. He said, I'll be your huckleberry. Oh, that's my favorite line. I'll be your huckleberry. And he said, Doc, I don't have an argument with you. I beg to differ with you. We didn't finish what we started. Okay, Lunger. Okay. And so they go around, they go around in a circle. And it wasn't like, you know, he there. They were in a circle, man. They went around the circle. He's tapping on his, on, his, on his pistol. And all of a sudden, shoots him. Boom. He's dying. Come on. Come on. Come on. Boom. He falls down. Yeah, anyway, here's my point. That's what Jesus did, isn't it? Because 
when Wyatt Earp came and saw that Doc Holliday had already killed Johnny Ringo. Remember what he did? He had a hat on just like Wyatt Earp. He had a coat on just like Wyatt Earp. And he had Wyatt Earp's badge. I tell you, that's a picture of redemption because we couldn't beat the devil. So the Lord clothed himself in the coat of humanity and had the authority as our kinsman redeemer and destroyed the devil and gave us the victory at the cross of Calvary. I'm telling you that that's redemption. And that's what he did for us. Now, let me just tell you this. What does redemption mean? It is redemption is for salvation in Christ. Redemption is for sonship with Christ. Redemption is for security of Christ. Redemption is for sufficiency from Christ. And redemption is for strength through Christ. Let me say it again. That what happens when we are redeemed? We have salvation in Christ. We have sonship with Christ. We have security of Christ. We have sufficiency from Christ. And we have strength through Christ. That's a lot, folk. That's a lot. That's a lot. And we get all of that. And, and you know, now what should it do? And I'm going to shut my mouth. Stuff like this ought to deal with some of those doubts that we have. God, God has gone through all of these great lengths to demonstrate to us his indomitable love. Then when the circumstances come, then Lord, why is it so easy for me to look at my situation rather than my revelation? Because I'm a human being, but what do I need to do? I need to be just like we talked about, be so undergirded in my revelation that every time my situation comes, it ends up being dominated by what God has said and not what I'm going through. Well, it really is some helpful insight from Pastor Ford. And what a way to wrap up this message, the profound incarnation. A great look at Galatians chapter 4 today. Well, if you want to go back and listen to this program again or the previous broadcast in the short little series, you can always listen when you come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Download the MP3, stream the program through your computer or mobile device, or even order a copy of this broadcast on CD. Again, our website address, it's treasuretruthradio.org. And if you happen to be in the Chicago area, you can always visit the Christ Bible Church of Chicago and hear Pastor Ford speak live. You can get all the information you need by coming to the website and clicking on the About link. There's also a link to the church's website on the Stay Connected bar. And that's a great place to go if you want to connect with Pastor Ford and Treasure Truth, if you want to be linked to our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, or even download the Moody Radio app. Again, come to treasuretruthradio.org and look for the Stay Connected bar. I want to also ask you to look for one other link, and that's one that says make a donation because we are listener-supported, and that's exactly what it sounds like. We depend on your financial generosity to keep this broadcast on the air, to cover production costs and airtime. So if you're benefiting from Pastor Ford's teaching, would you give a gift today? Come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the link that says make a donation. Well, thanks for listening here to Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.